0: I think what um, what we really spent our time doing was we did not want to lose that family feel um, because at the end of the day, it's, it's the people, um, I'm being one of the people, it's us together um, creating something, um, you know, creating something special.
1: All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Vision, Hustle, Grit and Gratitude where the 1% of the 1% go to get better and learn from some of the very best. Here in our CEO series, I am uh, delighted uh, to host this morning a, a friend uh, and a mentor and in, in someone that I admire very much, Greg McRoberts. Greg is the managing partner for West Point Financial. West Point Financial is one of the industry-leading brands in the world of financial services. They are a multi-state operation. I wanna say it's six, seven or eight states now, uh, concentrated in the Midwest. And Greg serves and leads as the team captain for some of the top financial advisors in the industry. We are going to get down to vision culture, building elite teams and getting to know Greg better. Greg, thanks for joining me this morning. my pleasure. So everyone who calls my phone, Greg, has to leave uh, three responses in order to get a call back. And and we're going to always kick it off with that same uh, spirit in mind on the podcast. What is your favorite color?
0: My favorite color is green. (laughs) I think so. For sure, it's green. I'm I'm chuckling because I only know you in like blue suits. So I I love that you said green. We're Uh, blue today. Favorite afternoon snack? Favorite afternoon snack, um, I'd say Garrett's popcorn. Love it, it. But I wouldn't eat it every day or it would be, um, it'd be way bigger. <laughs> Favorite childhood superhero. Favorite childhood super, superhero. I would say, um, I would go sports, even though it's not a, a, a um, superhero, but I'd say Roger Staubach. Oh man,
1: is that, that is awesome. Yeah, that's the first time i've done like 50 of these no oh. one has sent us an athlete okay awesome well, all right well. i love it this is already going to go really well i love it so jill thanks for letting me have greg this morning okay so look i i i think of when i think about you i think of you as like responsible for the world right and i and i tease you all the time that i have I have you saved in my phone as general agent of the world. You're absolutely one of the very best. I know you're super humble about it, but this is my podcast. So I get to say all the things I want to say. Um, I just, I think you are by far one of the greatest visionaries that I've ever met in our industry. And, and I want to go back several decades because, you know, I refresh my uh, myself with your family story. And I know you go back generations in financial services. I do. Tell us the story of how your family started in financial services. And then at the end of that, can you connect us to who the most influential mentor is that you've had along the way?
0: Awesome. Um, so financial services, my grandpa was actually um, a life insurance agent and in property and casualty. So I think he started, was 19, 1949. Um, so he, he did that, he had um, a bunch of kids, my dad being one of them, um, and when my dad graduated from college, he went to work for a, um, a manufacturing company, and then um, when I was, I think I was born, I think it was, it was 1960, 1966, he got into life insurance business, and he was actually my, my, um, my, my general agent um, when I joined the business in, in 1989.
1: And, and, and you be you became licensed at the age of 18 right
0: yep I sold my first life insurance policy when I was 18 so I worked um, all summers I was in college with my um, with my dad so um, I, I sold my first um, my first life policy when I was 18 um, I think the first four of the first five policies I sold four of them four of them died within a within a 12 year period they were all older so Um, but I, I, I saw that. I saw that quickly, I guess.
1: Wow. Well, so, so I mean, I just don't know a lot of people who get licensed at 18. Yeah.
0: How, why? Um, you know, I, I had, um, I, this business was, was perfect for who I am as a person. I'm probably a little ADHD. And I think where I, I, Loved the business as I watched my dad. You know, he was always there for every every event that we were ever at. He never missed anything, anything meaningful. And so I I think from early on, I had a and in our life was pretty good. I mean, we went great places, we did great things. And so I think from early on, I really thought um, this is going to be. You know, this is something I I think I could do. Um, I had to get over the the fact that I um, socially it makes it very uncomfortable to be around people. Um, so I had to get over some of the things that, um, some of the things that I think would be, um, hindrances in this business. But I, you know, I just, I, um, using, you know, a grid, I guess I just, I was, I was gritty and I just did what I had to do to, to, um, to succeed. I love it. So you, yes.
1: you, you lead like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people.
0: I, well, I didn't say, I didn't say it was easy, but I have, you know, <laughs> since, since you kind of get better with, um. You know, you realize you, you realize what you have to do to cope to be able to to lead or do different things that I do. So, so that's what I did.
1: Yeah, I love it. And 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 we have another generation in the business now, right? Hey, we have. Tell us about my,
0: that. Yeah, my daughter actually interned um, all three years. She was in college. That's not true. Two of the three years um, in the summers, um, and then she joined us when she graduated college. Um, so she um, she's finishing her fifth year, um, and she's hit blue chip. Um, made leaders every year so she's been um, been pretty awesome to watch because she she um i've been really happy with her and you know she's um expecting um a baby she's actually have a baby boy so um, oh man yeah, we're gonna see it see it all so hopefully we get one more person in in, in the um in the family business yeah congr-
1: um, congr- congratulations that's incredible and it's been fun to watch from afar you know J- jill's originally from michigan and and i think that was that was like the thing that really cemented uh, our bond, uh, yes. to your family was when Jill shared that with Samantha and Samantha's like, can you believe it? We're moving to Michigan. Yeah. And she's like, I love Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's so it's true. been fun watching your family grow and obviously the wedding and now expecting a child. Congratulations on that. Yeah, it's been awesome. So, sure. so t- tell me a little bit, you know, I want to dig into like where the vision really came from and how you've built this incredible culture and, and obviously just how you built such elite, uh, you know, professionals in our space, but um, the vision had to come from somewhere. In in was it your grandfather? Was it your father? Did it happen with you? I mean, your father having been in a similar role, but I have to think, I mean, the organization is dynamically different today and significantly larger than maybe when he
0: served in LUD. Sure. Um, hopefully my dad doesn't hear this because I don't know if everything will be incredibly positive. Um, <laughs> um so so I when I was advisor, I, I started out as a sales manager. My dad made me a sales manager at my first my first day in the business. So I, I graduated from college. You said, you know, congratulations. Um, and, it, you know, you're also a sales manager. So I started early on, um, I, I guess, being a leader. And so I, I was 90% of my efforts, time and money made um, came from being an advisor. Um, I I thought in the day, I thought it was a really fantastic advisor down. Now I'm a, around these advisors that are just so amazing that I'm lucky enough to partner with. So I um, came in and I I was, I kept being producer and my dad said, you know, congratulations, son, you know, I'm going to retire someday and here you go. And we had about 10 advisors. Um, and, and it really wasn't, um, it, it wasn't the vision. I thought, you know, I'll probably just continue to produce because I, I did it. But then I I realized I, I kind of soul searched the first thing we did, it was called McRoberts and Associates in um, 1999. I, I renamed it West Point Financial Group because I really wanted, it was something, it wasn't about the name, it was about the, the people and, and a common vision when, when we wanted when we want to win together. So um, in, 19, in 2002, I took, um, I took 12 advisors with us. Um, we went to Minnesota Life or Securian. I was there three and a half years and I learned in that three and a half years sort of everything I needed to do to be a leader, um, both good and bad. I mean, I lost a lot of money, but I've learned really how to build, to build something that, that was greater than 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 a, than self. Um, and so I I my vision has always been, I think being an advisor is an honored position. And I think it's 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 a such a life choice and such a passion when you when you have the, the right people. And I wanted to create something that that it would compel them to be with us, and it would make something that they wouldn't want to ever leave us. Because I felt like it was, um, if I create something that's for them, um, it's it's for them being the advisors. It's you know we're gonna have something that's gonna be magical and continue to work. So you know we really took the 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 adage of you know if you build it it's gonna come and and I think mm-hmm. that that's played out over the last over the last whatever years and then of course in 2005 it came to mass mutual and that really gave us mass mutual I I can't say enough but they really gave me um the money to invest in what we did and gave us um a a springboard to to kind of become what I what I feel um you know good to great at that point
1: yeah I mean I think uh from the outside looking in it's been incredible to watch you know I always tease you about the fact that nobody at West Point wanted to recruit me when I was at the paw. Uh, graduating in 2000, and that's not true. You, I think we did. No, y'all were at the career fairs, and I know my name never showed up as like a key prospect. And and uh, and, I, and so I chuckle because I, you know, I've been watching West Point literally since 2000, since the year I graduated from DePauw in in Greencastle, Indiana, and it's just it's been amazing to watch what's happened. Uh, and and I think so much of that has to do with this incredible vision you have, and and the fact that you approach the business with such nobility and humility to really be ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and ladies and gentlemen. And I was talking to some of my colleagues that I that I was having you on today and, and that's what came up. It came up like ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. That's what it feels like when we experience Greg, Jill, his family, his key stakeholders. I mean like Scotty Eckert, Josh Plank, guys that I have tremendous respect and admiration for. I mean, when did you know that the secret sauce was culture hmm. because we um, go into this pandemic 15 months ago and I'm like West Point financial. I mean, they're, they're social distancing and respecting that we're in the middle of a pandemic, but there's the gorilla glue that's really keeping this like their business together. And it's incredible what your culture has done during a pandemic pre pandemic. We'll do post pandemic Tell me about when you realized it was culture and talk to us about the culture.
0: Yep, um, so culture, I, I think the plus of being in a 12-person family-owned business um, where, where I started is a, we treated everyone like family. Now, literally, Manny, most of us were family that worked there at that point. So <laughs> uh, it, it, it was, we were a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, I think when when we decided when we decided we wanted to grow and we wanted to be something, become something special. I think what, um, what we really spent our time doing was we did not want to lose that family feel um, because at the end of the day, it's, it's the people. Um, I'm being one of the people it's us together um, creating something um, you know, creating something special. And I, I think as we've grown, it's, you know, it's, you know, we have 35 people in, in 2005 and we'll have um, 450 by by year end. I think it's, um, you know, it, it's it, you can't ever forget forget the people because that creates a culture. And I, I really look at one of my um, three to four things I do every day is if, if I don't create good culture, then I'm, um, then that's, I look at myself as a chief culture person. And yeah. it really comes, if I do anything from the top, um, they, they, a lot of my advisors call me a figurehead now. Um, but if I am a figurehead, then I want to be the best culture person being the figurehead that I can be in the firm. Am I, I got you speechless because I was so good?
1: Yeah. I, 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 well, I, I I'm thinking about how um, they, they, they kind of tease you now that you are more of a figurehead. But, but that's that I, I've always had the impression. That you have the unique gift of growing your organization by growing the people that you directly touch on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So basically, growing through others, leading through others, serving through others. Is is that right? And if it is, tell me a little bit about how you do that.
0: Yep. You know, I, I, um, there's a lot of words for that, but um, you know, I, I do look when and I, I think it's, I think it's a key point for, for, for any leader or really for anyone. I have no, from our staff, our incredible staff, people who help support our advisors. If, if I ever lose sight of who my customer is, and I only have one customer, which are my, the advisors, um, and I'm lucky enough to partner with them. But if I have, if I have, if, if I, Anything will get you fired from our organization. It is if anyone who serves our advisors, because that is only, that is my only client. If anyone ever ever loses sight of that, they will no longer be a fit for our organization because that, you know, that that is our special sauce. And the special sauce is when someone calls, I, I answer their calls and I, you know, I get back to them in a timely basis because once again, they are my clients. So that's what I that's what I, I try to strive to do every day.
1: Yeah. I I love the fact that you said that. I remember uh, years back, I can't remember what conference we were at. I believe it might've been you addressing the GAX, but there was a comment you made about, you know, doing the things you say you will do. And it could have been three years ago. It could have been eight years ago. So forgive me for not recalling, but you know, I think of my experiences in watching Scott Eckert, and going through the AAX chairs and, and leading this massive organization nationally and, and guys like Josh Plank, um, my impression from the outside looking in is that uh, a key part of your culture, whether it's spoken or an unspoken understanding and standard is doing what you say you will do. Can yes. you talk a little bit about that? Because I just I, I just feel like 90% of what's wrong in our profession, is that people say they will do things that they never execute on?
0: Yep, I, I can't expand on that. So I, th- I think I think what's what's hard in any position is um, I'm not always going to agree um, with with anyone I partner with. There's going to be I'm going to have disagreements, and they're going to have disagreements with me. Um, so I, I I think I think the word no, you know I there's some things I can do and there's something that I can't do. And I think, I think no, no is sometimes a great answer. Um, if, if it's, if it's the right answer. Um, so, you know, I, I have, I strive, um, that when any I do any kind of, um, any compensation package, any, anything I run through the organization, if I say it, we're going to do it. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, I think, I think early on, I probably, I struggle with because I I'm I'm I was ADHD, um, which you get better at that as you get older or worse I don't know, um, but you know I think I think for us I have incredible staff people around me so whenever I I do things that we we get things documented we get things signed and but but saying that we never have to look at those because everyone's always on the same page there's no there's never a big surprise of. You know this. This is going to change because I. am my favorite thing. I like to say. Rarely do I have a disagreement on money, um, because we're uh, the advisors are aligned and, and we're aligned with that. I. I mean, I, I. can happens two or three times a year where money even comes up because that's if we have the right culture, if I have the right support staff, if I have the right um, value proposition. You know, we everyone's in it to um, everyone's in it to win.
1: Yeah, and so you know, there's no there's no surprise. That since 2008, West Point Financial has been recognized as one of the best places to work. Right in in yep. your own home state of yeah. of, uh, of Indiana. Yes. Um. I mean that has to that has to be heavily influenced by the leadership, the stakeholders, the the mindset to servant leadership, the vision, the culture. Uh, talk to me about how you've built uh a boardroom of stakeholders who care as much and maybe sometimes more than even you do at times about the organization's vision and its prosperity
0: sure um you know i I think i think first of all it has to have a a common vision and we we, you know our our vision was to be the premier financial services firm in the midwest Um, and we started that um, we really started that vision in 2008 2000 2009 so that's kind of what we woke up um, every day thinking we we wanted to accomplish, and you know I, I think it's um, it's we have never allowed as a firm. I hate silos um, because I think silos create competition within your own firm, and I don't think I don't think we want to compete with each other. So I spend um, I spend a lot of my time breaking down silos, um, and if I break down silos and we're all with a common goal or theme. Um, then I, I know um, there's not to be there's not to be competition with each other. Friendly competition is, is super healthy, um, but when someone's trying to win over someone else, um, we're not. Um, that's not that's not going to work. That's not going to ever work in our firm. And so we spend we spend a lot. I've spent a lot of my time tearing when I when we merge with different firms. There's always I find that there's always a lot of silos built, and it's just not it's not um, it's not going to work in our organization. I don't know if I answered your question. I might've gone off of at a tangent.
1: No, no, no. I mean, you, you did. Uh, it, tell me about, um, what are the things you look for in the people that you allow, you know, into those uh, those private conversations around where the organization is going and, and, or your inner circle, what are the characteristics you look for in those sort of uh, uh, partners and key stakeholders in the
0: firm? Sure. I, I can, if I say one word, I I think it's, um, selflessness. Um, Hmm. you know, I, I, we want in our, in my, in in our organization, our organization is a bit um, quirky. Um, but it's, if someone is above self over, over the group, it just, it just not, it's not a culture fit for us. And I, I have a way of saying that, um, culture, culture, If someone's a bad culture fit, they will not make it in our firm, even if they're fantastic. And um, that's what we, you know, that's what the culture will take. We'll take them out by themselves. So we, you know, we spend, and that's, I mean, that's, that's what we live by. Both good and bad, right? Yeah. I mean, you're going, you're going
1: on almost 20 years. I want to say uh, West Point Financial and you serving as managing partner uh, started back around 2002. Is that correct? That's correct, yep, yeah, you're it going almost, almost 20 years. Wow, yeah, that's incredible. What are you going to do, uh, to celebrate with your family and those around you when you hit 20?
0: That's a great man. I've never thought of that. I, I love, I love where you're going with that. Um, <laughs> can we, I be can Samantha and I be invited? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, my favorite place I have a place in Tennessee that's my favorite, um, place to go to, so that would probably. If I ever celebrate, that's probably, um, that's probably where, where we would end up um, for sure.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Today. So you mentioned the organizations around 450 people and growing. Sure. What are, what are a few of the characteristics that West Point Financial looks for in either people that they add to their staff as teammates or financial advisors? aside or in addition to selflessness
0: yeah you know um you know we obviously want moral and ethical people are are key to everything we do so i shouldn't even have to say that but i'll say it um because that that's of course um you know we want once again we have to have someone that's a culture fit for us so we interview people all the time um that are, are fantastic people fantastic just you know, just just doesn't really fit our mold of of what we're looking for. Um, so, you know, we, we're big into cultural index. So, um, which is a, a profile we can, we can look at a profile. So we're big on, we're big on when we, when we have a, a team adding a staff member, we actually help interview and, and hire that person, but we, we make a lot of the decisions we do as a firm, um, as far as staffing goes, um, and advisors really on, um, on what that cultural index says, not to hire them or not hire them, but it, it gives us a, great, a great, um, it gives us great direction of where, what we think they're gonna be like and how we need to work with them. So that's been a huge help for us.
1: That, that's super helpful to, to know. So I wanna pivot a little bit to how you've continued to grow at such an aggressive rate uh, in one of your most recent expansions, which was really uh, becoming the new head of the Chicago market, and it might feel like old news to you, but it's it's still relevant. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, what excited you about the opportunity to expand West Point Financial into um, one of the three most significant markets in the country, like Chicago.
0: Sure, that's a that's a great question. Um, and I I have I have a lot of thoughts on that. So, you know, we when we started a mass mutual, we were the number 64 firm. Um, so, you know, I, I guess we I had a chip on our shoulder, um, and so as we had um, we had some fantastic success early on because of the, the advisors and the people around us. Um, so we we grew we grew to a top 10 market, but I always I always really wondered could we are we transferable into a much bigger market and um, the opportunity with Chicago came up, and um, in short, we're extremely transferable into a bigger market um, because you know I find that when you when you have a great value proposition, when you treat the advisors as the client, um, and you partner with them um, in their growth, I find those are transferable about anywhere. So it's it's been um, it's been so much fun watching you know kind of watching it, and we have some incredible leaders. Um, in, in, in Chicago, Groslier, um Paul Tokars, Matt Silva, Larry Friedman, Paul Hartung, just some fantastic people um, who really have, have got behind it and were, were, it's, it's just the momentum we can feel. Um, and, and it's kind of amazing what's happened. And we took over in the middle of the pandemic, which was obviously the best time to do it, but it's been, um, it's been fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I
1: think that's what I was thinking about. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that and you went right into uh, sharing a few names and I know there's many uh, you know, especially having come from Chicago myself uh, a few years ago um, it's really the people, right? I mean, the people were sure. the greatest asset in Chicago. I, I mean, uh, with all respect to, to the brand of mass mutual in that marketplace I mean you have some incredible people i even think of well i definitely think of guys like brett Hartung and Vinny silva and paul tokars i'm even thinking about uh you know the veterans like adam solano and, and definitely adam solano I
0: mean, paul gasol oh uh, Silva. i'm so happy you mentioned i mean just uh, yeah Sierra, um people who are just you know legends and um you know it's been it, it's awesome it's you know you're gonna be around elite people it makes you it makes you look differently makes you work differently um, see how they work.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think of even like some of my, my favorite additions to the industry, like Dr. Patricia O'Brien. Mm. I'm like, who who is a physician for three decades of their life and one of the most intelligent people on the planet and then chooses our profession uh, you know, uh, after uh, a career in medicine, and just what an incredible organization. I, and Johnny Green as your chief oh. growth officer in Chicago. I mean, I just what amazing. a multiplier Johnny G is.
0: No, yeah, amazing. It's been um, it's been so much fun, and I, you know, I, what was it was hard because back to culture, Manny. You know, part of our part of our love and feel is where people feel that energy around us, and I think I think where the pandemic was so hard. We some of our best traits as a firm. We couldn't, you know, we couldn't share, we couldn't do a gala, we couldn't do our QB meetings. And I, I think the, what we all were able to experience is because of the Zoom, we actually were able to touch a lot more people and they were able to touch us. Yeah. We were able to have meaningful conversations I probably wouldn't have been able to have last year. And so, you know, I look at it as it was a blessing in disguise. Um, and it just makes what we're going to do going forward even that much more sweeter.
1: Well, from the outside looking in and, and from the great state of Michigan, I mean, we're definitely uh, rooting you, uh, your family and your firm on. Uh, it's just just an incredible organization. And um, I'm, I'm just smiling ear to ear think, I mean, thinking guys like Brett Hartung and Paul Tokars. I mean, those are great guys, great financial advisors and just what a treasure it is for you to serve and lead Chicago now. Uh, congratulations on that.
0: Awesome. Thank you.
1: When you. When you look at that, is there, is there anything that you'd say, gosh, I wish I would have done that sooner as I took over a market like that. Were there, were there any lessons, not, not regrets, but just things that
0: you thought, man, we should have got to that sooner. Yep. You know, I, not not so much with merge. I, I, um, I was actually being philosophical, um, reading and meditating, I don't know, um, a week ago. And I, you know, I think the regrets I've had, um, you know, it's not the recruit that got away. I, I think the regrets I've had is when there's been a, a culture diversion. Um, and I didn't act soon enough. Um, I think, huh. I think when I, I think procrastination is a killer. Um, and I pride myself in, in not procrastinating. Um, but you know, I, I think when I look back at some of my the regrets we've had, it's it's procrastination, knowing decisions I had to make, that might've been heavy decisions, but they were the right decisions and they were right three months before I did it. Mm-hmm. And so those, I think that's when I look back at things I wish I would have just done quicker because sometimes when you procrastinate and you push off a decision, you know, know that's heavy, it creates a much more bigger issue than you'd have done if you'd have been proactive.
1: Great share. How often, uh, how often are you leading on Uh, the veterans like Lee Clore and, and Joe Blake and, 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 and Brett Hartung and Adam Solano and Amy Longabout, Jen agenda grossly. How often are you leaning on these 15, 20, 25, 30 year veterans to help you serve and lead Uh, because you're, I mean, you, you're, you're a traveling man these days. Sure. I mean, you're covering seven, eight Uh States. So how do you leverage serve and lead through the veterans?
0: Yeah, I, um, first of all, I I mean, I have Marianne Spear, I have Matt Milburn, um, Jack Kettiger, people who, um, Gary Sumas, Michael Satcher, who have, um, I I could not lead the organization with them not leading a piece for me. Um, So, you know, I I look at a lot of my job back to culture. Um, So I was in um, Milwaukee Monday night. Had a breakfast yesterday morning at 7:15 with the women of West Point in Milwaukee at Madison. Um, it was in Madison awesome. last night for dinner. You know, my thing is hearing the advisors, working with the advisors, partnering with the advisors, and I I actually our top 50 advisors are on my rotation. I meet with um, I meet with every six weeks. I actually stole this from um, Dave Porter. And I um I make sure because what happens, Manny, you know, sometimes as you get bigger, you forget that you might not talk to your top producer um, in three or four or five or six or seven weeks. So I just wanted something, um, where I knew it's going to happen every, every time. And so I, I, I do a lot of that because that keeps me in front of people.
1: Yeah, that that's, um, is who, who's the key person that makes sure that in the organization that helps you keep on task to the strategy you've set for the year?
0: Um, so Marianne Spear, um, is our chief operations officer. So she runs, um, I wouldn't be where I'm at at without her, um, and I actually my CFO, Mike Hutchison, they both have both been with us for um, since the beginning. Um, she helps run the organization, so when we merge with other firms, you know she's the one running the systems, and all that stuff. So I always have a rule: anything that's administrative, I don't ever want to think about it. I don't want to ever to touch it. Um, I don't. That's 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 them because that's going to take my vision away from what I want to have happen on on the advisory front. So, um, you know, she, she runs all that, all of that for me. And I I have a, um, I have an incredible person who who schedules my life. Um, Kayla Hurstfeld, I, she is, um, amazing. I I often wonder how I made it without, you know, without, without her, because she, she has kept me on on task. Um, and when, when I get off, when I get off the road, she'll bring me right back on, which I, I certainly appreciate.
1: Yeah, I have to tell you, Kayla has had been an absolute delight uh, to work with in coordinating getting us together uh, today. And our team, uh, uh, my right-hand person, Alex Joint, uh, shared that as well. And so shout out to Kayla. Great job. And uh, very thankful uh, that you're there on Greg's team. Yep. So I, I know that you're tight on time today. I have to go here. Jill McRoberts.
0: Sure. You're you're trying to get me to cry now. No. Um, So I I remember your outgoing speech
1: after your service as the president of our association, which we're all thankful to you for. Um, Especially now being a chair, I'm like I I couldn't even imagine going through those chairs. Uh, But I I remember uh, I vividly. I mean Samantha and I were sitting together and she was crying. I vividly remember. your conversation about Jill. Tell us about Jill. Uh, share a funny story. Share, you know, the impact she's had on your ability to serve and lead such a massive organization today. Just tell us about Jill for a minute.
0: Sure, um, that's pretty easy. So I high school sweetheart. So we started dating when we were 15. So it's been um, been the only person um, that really. I mean, she's she's been it for me. The son the, the sun and the moon, I guess. Um, you know, I, I think, I think we, we always marry opposites. And I, I think and for sure in this, in, in this situation, we are, I mean, she's a CPA. Um, I obviously was, um, you ED, were not, ED, you know, I was not, that's good. <laughs> I was a salesperson for sure. Um, which, by the way, that's the best sales I've ever had in my life. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think I, I always go back to, I think, um, she as, I mean, A, obviously, you w- we would never be anywhere without, you know, without an incredible spouse. beside so, me. Mean, so I mean, that's, everyone has that. But I, I think she, um, she is in so many ways, um, kept me, kept me on the right path for, you know, for, for the firm, for us. And um, I always appreciate her with that. But I, I the thing that always makes me laugh so many times I've met a top advisor for the first time or, you know, in mass mutual, when we, when we talked about these mergers, so many times they're looking at me like, you know, I, seems pretty. I don't, this guy seems all over the place. And so many times she comes in. Okay. I get it. She's, um, she's, you know, she's um, she now I get, I get him better. So therefore I think, I, I think I like him. So I've had that said at least, 30 times in my life, which always makes me feel a little bit bad. Like, am not that odd. Um, But I I think maybe I'm a little bit odd. And I think she's that good. Is what I would say to that.
1: She is that great. Yeah. She is that great, man. Hey, from the outside looking in, man, we're, we're loving all over that. I mean, it's just an incredible story. Incredible family. Uh, Love watching all the success. But at the end of the day, like I think about, like, you know what? They're just happy
0: gotta be happy
1: screw 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 all the rest i'm like i'm watching these stories play out you know social media allows us to feel more connected to people than we might really be but when we watch the mcroberts story it's just happy and uh i I, I appreciate
0: you saying that it feels you know i feel very no doubt brother
1: yeah yeah it's a blessing man we're super pumped for you i mean i love how you keep just crushing and dominating everything. And I think at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, these conversations get really philosophical and, and then there's also times where they're not today was kind of in the middle. And what I love about it, you are one of the most authentic and real humans I've ever known in my entire life. And one that. of the greatest mentors and coaches I ever had in Bob Tyker, his fifth rule was I will never judge anyone. And I'm not saying that you don't, but my one of the things I admire most about you is just how welcoming and inclusive you are to everyone I see you interact with and your generosity of your time which is your greatest asset is just it's virtually unmatched and I'm super thankful uh to have you in my life in the small ways that I do and what a blessing you are to Mass Mutual, to the advisors and to the hundreds of thousands of families that you impact uh, through the work that you pour yourself into every single day, shout out! Is there one person that you did not mention today that you're like, you know what? I want to give a shout out to this person.
0: You know, Manny, I was actually going to give a shout out to you. Is that okay? Is that good? <laughs> yes. So, you know, Manny, I, I I've watched you. Um, I I've I've watched you work. I watch your passion. I your your social media. I love the vision that you have, um, and I think I think all of us can have a. We can. Ha- I can have a very average vision, but it's all about execution. And, and I watch you. I watch you do that. It's. Um, um, I don't. I don't like doing these kind of things because I, I keep. I keep my. I. I. Um. Make they make me nervous, but um, I would do it for you because I, I. think you. You. Um. You. You light up a room. Um. You've partnered with your advisors, and I. I think that's that's a that's an incredible that's an incredible thing to have. And I, I think you are, you're going to dominate whatever, you know, you're where you're at. And I, and it's, it's been a watch, you know, I, cause you're a next door neighbor state and um, it's been so much fun watching you, watching you do what you're doing there.
1: Thanks brother. Appreciate that. <laughs> and just in full disclosure, because yes. I call you the general agent of the world. I always tell people, I'm like, look, I'm not in the Midwest. Greg's not dominating me yet. <laughs> I tease people. I'm like, no, no, we're more Canadian. In Michigan, we're more Canadian because <laughs> Greg owns the Midwest. So we're, we're more Canada, <laughs> dude. I love everything you do, man. You are the best. Uh, love your family. Love you guys. I, I just, I, you, you pour so much damn water in the well. I'm so thankful that your family is, uh, uh, close to us and that we get to see that and learn from that. And uh, I always say the rising tide lifts all boats. Uh, brother, you are a huge rising tide. Uh, Uber thankful to you. I'm glad you were here with us. If people want to learn more about joining your incredible organization that's dominating the Midwest, where do they go?
0: Um, I, I don't know. I don't think about stuff like that. Yeah, I it's westpointfinancialgroup.com. Yeah, it's good West Point Com. Financial. Look me up. There we go.
1: It's westpointfinancialgroup.com, folks. And yeah. uh, I want to say one of his uh, recruiters, let me just see. Can I find her? Jesse yeah. Hamilton. Jesse Hamilton's awesome. Look up Jesse Hamilton. It's within IE, and she will help you learn more about careers and opportunities at West Point Financial Group. Uh, Greg, incredible having you. Thanks so much for your time, brother.
0: Awesome. Thank you, my friends.
1: All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Our goal is to bring value to as many people as possible with these conversations. And we need your help to grow the podcast. Please leave a rating and review on Apple with your thoughts on the conversations so far. Thanks in advance. And until next time, keep attacking your life with grit and gratitude. You'll be surprised where it'll take you.